0: Okay, extreme close-up!
1: And here we
0: go. What we are dealing with here is a perfect engine uh, An eating machine. It's
1: really a miracle of evolution. Are you telling me you built a time machine?
0: What's so funny? I'll, I'll tell you in a minute. First, let's drink. Me? How's that for a slice of fried gold? Yeah!
1: And I'm recording. Yep. We'll count off again. Three. Three. three two. Two. One. One. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Extreme Close-Up. I'm, I'm Dennis. Brandon. And, um... I hope everybody had a Merry Christmas. Yeah, uh, uh, I hope happy e- holidays and all that. Everybody's
0: surprised that we actually have an episode coming out today. Yeah, yeah,
1: it's um, it's pretty awesome. Two weeks in a row. We hope to continue the streak. You so, know, I'm kind of surprised uh,
0: myself. Honestly, I'm, I'm just gonna throw that out there.
1: Yeah, yeah, me too. I know we had taken some time off and just to kind of deal with uh, you know personal things and and with COVID and all that stuff. But yeah, yeah. Um, Come, come to find out, to, I mean, uh, we to were, we back, were, we were,
0: so essential, good and, and ready to, ready to rock and roll.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We were so essential that, uh, the government just gave us a vaccine for free and,
0: uh, Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> I don't know about all and, that.
1: I, and I, I felt, I, I just, I, I feel different. I feel like stronger and, uh, nah, I'm just yeah, I got the, I got uh, the flu <laughs> shot
0: this year. Did I tell you that?
1: Uh, I was with you. Oh yeah, that's right.
0: <laughs> yeah, I got the flu shot. Was... You did not get the flu shot. So there you go. You
1: you told me in the most telling me way you could and and that was me waiting outside the door while you got a flu shot.
0: Yeah, that's very true. I asked for the COVID vaccine, but they did not have it yet. So I went
1: I went to a Walgreens and they had a sign on the door that basically said, "Don't ask us, we don't have it."
0: <laughs> You were like, I was looking for the PlayStation Five anyway, so.
1: Yeah, yeah, at, at a Walgreens. At a Walgreens, <laughs> do
0: they sell them? Do you remember keep... back in the day that Walgreens actually sold like electronics? I, I mean, it was yeah, yeah, the old like RCA. I'm trying to remember the brands and and like the brands.
1: How uh, like, uh, yeah. like Konami and, and like all kinds of weird ones that would not yeah. that Konami is not a weird brand. It's actually like a, a pretty popular brand, but like, basically it was like, get your 5,226, uh, games in one yeah. RCA hookup, or it would be like Namco and you could play Pac-Man. There you go. And, um, you go. I think, I think, um, that's been kind of overshadowed by a, uh, it's a much more expensive proposition but those uh, one-up arcade games, where it's like a miniature arcade cabinet, and it has like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on it, or like Galaga, or something like that, and uh, they're like two hundred bucks or three hundred bucks. But they're they're pretty cool. I mean, it's it's basically like a you know just straight up arcade game.
0: Yeah, when I was a kid, we had to go to the actual arcade, and we had to use these these. I don't know if if anybody knows what these are. They used to have these little things. They looked like coins, if you're familiar with those, and they had like an eagle on one side, and then they had George Washington on the other, and they were worth 25 yeah. units because we deal in units now because we're totally cashless, pretty much thanks to COVID. Yeah, and and you would just drop these little things, and they would jingle in the uh, in the machines. And then we could play Pac-Man until we died. And I did that several times while at the laundromat with, uh, with my parents while we were uh, washing our clothes.
1: Um, so yeah, I, I mean, it's, uh, I was trying to run a quick calculation while you were saying that, um. So for, uh, for everybody out there now, that's, uh, that's exactly point zero 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 nine two five nine two five nine two five nine uh, Bitcoin. So, oh, there you go.
0: uh, Yeah. So there it is. Yeah. So speaking of, speaking of which going back in time, if you will, uh, Wonder Woman hits HBO max Christmas at 11 o'clock and, uh, I don't know if I caught it right at eleven. I probably started it around noonish, but
1: um, yeah, this I, was interesting. I, I didn't watch it until the night of Christmas. So. Yeah,
0: it, it was interesting. I'll have to say the opening scene in the shopping mall. They, I forgot about Walden Books number one. And when I was a kid, oh yeah, my dad would. That was where my dad always wanted to go. If we went to the mall, it was like Dad wants to go to Walden Books, and I was like, okay, I'll go do that too. Because it was usually close to a toy store, so a lot of times dad would be browsing through the books, and we could just go over to KB Toy Store. They're no longer around. I remember KB. Yeah,
1: I remember KB. Yeah, but
0: uh, the opening scene like took me back to my childhood. You had the child that was having a birthday party at the mall. A lot of things going on there, but uh, so Dennis, this is different. You know, Hollywood releases a movie. On the theater, on the big screen, and also the small screen on the same day. I mean, before we get into the movie, what are your yep. thoughts about this? Uh, the experience in itself, and and just general thoughts about: Do you really see the studios being successful long term in this model?
1: Um, it's it's hard to say. Um, and the the only reason is like um, a lot of a lot of these companies employ like a. Uh, like a seven-day trial or something like that to where you can essentially sign up for the service um, and, you know, watch whatever you want for seven days or a month or, or something like that. And then uh, you can essentially cancel it. Basically what people did, you know, with the Mandalorian model where people would buy Disney+, Plus, watch eight episodes over the course of eight weeks and then cancel their Disney Plus until the Mandalorian came back. Um, in that instance... Yeah. I mean, you're getting, you're getting essentially, um, you know, a month or or two months out of somebody. Um, and then they're canceling it now. Wonder Woman, unlike, uh, Mulan, uh, where they had, you know, you actually had to pay extra on top of your Disney plus, uh, uh, service charge, uh, Wonder Woman, you could watch for free. Yeah. I mean, essentially if you got an HBO trial, you could watch it for free. And um, there's a lot of other things on the HBO Max app that, you know, could and should keep you there. But, um, I mean, if you literally just wanted to watch for free, you absolutely could. So I, I'm not exactly sure how, what the money-making model is on this. Um, maybe they're hoping that they're sticking around because, um, if I'm correct, doesn't, doesn't WB have some sort of stake in uh, HBO um, or they made some kind of deal with them. I, I don't know exactly yeah, how it they, works.
0: I, I'm not really sure how it works. Yeah, I, but there there are all these deals that have been made, and, and I guess that's where I'm confused, because I'm seeing... I've already read that there's been box office numbers that are at, like, 80 million, which, if that's the case since uh, two days ago, wow, what an opening for a movie in the world of COVID. But, again... How are you tracking these numbers? And I know that that's a global number. And so if you look at it from a global number, that's a very low number. But again, going back to have is the studio going to make back their money if these numbers are accurate? And the answer to that is yes, they will. And I read an article this morning that said that they've already greenlit a third Wonder Woman movie. And uh, as we talk about the movie a little bit more, I'm sure that we can get into what our thoughts are on that. But But this model is definitely uh, interesting to me. And I guess my, my major concern here is if the amount of money that the studios make is less then they are going to eventually cut the budgets on a lot of these films. And if they do cut the budgets on these films, the quality that is getting pushed out to us. And I'm talking about in the special effects, the acting, everything, uh, could really change, what we call the popcorn movies, right? Now, I don't think it's gonna uh, make make a major impact to independent movies, but but movies like this or movies like Tenet, I mean, it could it could really um, change some things.
1: Uh, yeah, no, I, I would agree. Um, one thing that I is really interesting me. Um, is uh, and, and we can get to the movie uh because I, I definitely have some thoughts on it so um so let's see i want to i want to pull up the budget of wonder woman 84 uh and this is of course not counting marketing um but the budget of of wonder woman 1984 was 200 million dollars us um that that's pretty pretty expensive uh for a movie uh, in comparison, uh, Mandalorian was, uh, and, and I'll, uh, this will make sense in a second when, once I kind of put it all together, uh, Mandalorian, uh, costs about $15 million per episode for a, a total of, uh, $120 million. Um, and that's, uh, that's for the first eight episodes. So the first season, um, I have had no issues with uh, special effects, visual effects in The Mandalorian, Not, none whatsoever. I, I mean, there's probably some that I've overlooked, um, but if, if you overlook them, uh, you know, obviously they weren't that, you know, striking enough as like a bad visual effect for it to, you know, for people to notice except for visual effects artists and stuff like that. Uh, Which I've watched several, you know, visual effects artists break down, you know, the Mandalorian effects, and they love them, and they think they're great, and the Mandalorian is using this, you know, technology that's been around of rear projection, but they're using it with, like, LED panels and and editing the environment on site to match the lighting to where the green screen doesn't interfere with, you know, what basically is a fully metal outfit on uh, Pedro Pascal, who's also in Wonder Woman 1984, Um, but the crazy thing is, is the, those effects, in my opinion, are so much better than some of the effects in Wonder Woman 1984. There's some pretty, uh, rough effects in, in Wonder Woman 1984. And, uh, we can get to that in a little bit, but, um, but yeah, to, I mean, to have, you know, eight, essentially 45 minute episodes at a budget that's, you know, $80 $80 million less than Wonder Woman 1984, and to have that spot on effects um, is just something that's insane, um, especially when this is like a big studio movie. And although Disney is a big studio, I mean, you're making a TV show essentially. And and the model that I like that Disney has kind of, you know, their, their MO behind these Star Wars shows and the Marvel shows, is they've openly said that they want these shows and these movies, or these shows, you know, uh, compared to the movies, to be almost indistinguishable as far as, like, mm-hmm. um, visual effects and stuff like that. They they don't want you to notice a difference. And I think that's a good model compared to, like, how um, they used to do it with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and uh, Inhumans and stuff like that, where it was like, oh, this is being made for, uh, you know... Uh, ABC, and we're gonna have one guy work on all the visual effects like they do on the CW for the DC shows, and so you, I think you're seeing the shift that um, you know is is shifting more toward hey we if these are gonna be a part of our property, then we want them to look good, and the problem that I have is that f- for the most part, you know DC EU movies have looked really great. I mean, I, I don't have any visual effects problems, even going back to uh, Superman, Man of Steel. And um, the, the Wonder Woman effects, they're, they're, like I said, there's some that are pretty rough in Wonder Woman 1984, um, and, and we can get to that a little bit later. But uh, that's, I mean, that's one of my criticisms of the movie, but uh, we can get into, you know, thoughts on yeah. that. But I, w- I mean, what's your opinion on, uh, you know, this kind of this kind of model? As far as like, I mean, do you think it's something that's going to last forever? Uh, I obviously don't think it necessarily will. I think this is a temporary fix to until, uh, you know, COVID kind of dies down and, and yeah. people are more willing to get out. And once they've taken the vaccine and all that stuff. Well, I think it's because I, I just don't see how they're making money on it.
0: Yeah. Well, I yeah. and And I agree with that now. But here's the thing. It's, it's it's like, uh, do you remember that children's book? Uh, if you give a mouse a cookie, he'll ask for a glass of milk. And if he asks for a glass of milk, he'll ask yeah. for a place to stay. And if he asks for a place to stay. And, and, the, and the premise of this is there's always going to be more, 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 more. And in regards to Wonder Woman, you know, we'll use a quote from the movie, is, you know, the main villain, he talks about that. He just wants more. It, that more seems to be this thing that pushes him. And I think that what's happened is... You've seen the opening of Pandora's box when it comes to giving the consumer the ability to watch a movie on release day at their house. So there's always going to be a demand now because you've opened that up. So there's always going to be a demand that people want this high-quality movies on release day. So I think that that model is not going to, per se go away totally. But I think you're gonna see where the studios are gonna pick and choose which movies that they do release in this format going beyond the post-COVID-19 world. And I think it might have something to do with, you know, the way like Disney Plus is doing things, where if they think it's something that's going to keep their subscription base solid, well then that that means that they're gonna have this reoccurring revenue that's pouring in. And if they keep their subscription High enough, then it's almost like the um, the Walmart model, where Walmart comes into this small town where there was a hardware store and there was a grocery store and there was a clothing store, and they basically, by volume, kind of uh, bring all of that business into their house now, right? And I think that right. I think that the the studios are going to use particular movies that they come out with to be those. Those things that hold the uh, the consumers in these streaming apps, because to your point earlier, somebody could watch The Mandalorian and then cancel Disney Plus and wait for the season to come back out, or if there's something else. But if they, you know, if if every month or so they're coming out with with another movie that's going to hold their subscription base up, then I think that we will continue to see this model. Now, the question I have is which movies and at what what is that that sweet spot as far as the price point because you can't continue to offer this service for six or seven dollars a month or you can't have companies like apple or verizon paying for a year's long worth subscription um you know long term there's got to be something that you know that stickability factor that they're going to have to come back with but at the same time, you can't release every single one of your major studio movies this way. So,
1: no, no, that's uh, I mean that's what WB is planning. Yeah, on doing. except
0: for like the Batman. Yeah. You know, the Batman is right. not part of that release schedule unless that's been changed. The Batman is still yeah, supposed I, to be released in theaters only.
1: Yeah, I haven't I haven't heard anything about that changing. Uh, one thing that I would I would say to your point, you know, what is you know are they going to start charging more or, you know, what is, what is going to happen? I could almost see, um, like a tier subscription to Disney plus where like maybe you pay, you know, $7 a month for regular Disney plus, and then you pay like $15 Mm -hmm. a month. And, and, you know, that's you, you're locked into a certain contract, you know, because there's subscription services that I, I do. Um, Adobe, you know what I'm recording. Adobe Audition. I'm recording my side of the podcast on Adobe Audition, and I believe you are too. When I first signed up for Adobe Creative Cloud, I had to lock myself into a year contract to get the pricing that I got for it. Right, right. So that that may be something that Disney starts rolling out. They say, "Hey, you want to watch our movies the day they come out instead of going to the theaters." You know, you got to pay fifteen dollars a month, but you got to pay that for a year. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, HBO could like do the same.
0: Of time. <clears throat>
1: Almost. Like yeah, and, of and time, that was like you got to
0: have a six month block or a year long block that's prepaid.
1: Exactly, exactly. Because I, I, could see, I could see this happening. Um, basically, next year you're probably going to see a flip where now that they're starting to come out with these movies, but everybody's still a little uh, uncertain about COVID um you're going to see a lot of people renting or because if you don't have HBO Max you can rent Wonder Woman you know you can you can rent i think it's like $29 or something like that on iTunes oh i, did, I didn't know if you're it. if if you live in an area that doesn't have HBO Max they offer it you know on different apps um but the the thing is is you're going to see a, i think you're going to see a lot of that you know the next year um, people may go see the Batman because, you know, if that doesn't change. But um, then, well, you know, once everybody starts feeling more comfortable about the vaccine and they get it and everybody feels more comfortable going out, um, I think you're going to see it in reverse to where basically almost nobody's going to do that. Because I think we talked about last episode, I, I see a lot of Facebook posts, uh, not from people like in home theater forums or or 4k blu-ray forums and stuff like that but general population people uh, saying hey i I really miss going to the movie theater and uh, i can't tell you how many posts i've seen about that and so i think once the theaters open back up and and people feel comfortable they're going to start going in mass to movie theaters and that'll i think that'll maybe happen for about a year or two and then you'll kind of see this like evening out of like once the the uh, the studios try to figure out in the streaming services figure out kind of some happy medium of hey we're gonna charge this premium if you want to watch movies on the day they come out or we'll let you watch it you know for a certain amount when it comes out or or something like that um, and then you'll see you know you'll you'll see people say no, not not me personally I would go to the theater for every movie I want to watch, but you'll have people that'll say, Oh, well, um, the, the new Pixar movies coming out. Um, I don't want to take my kids to the movie theater. I'll, you know, pop some Orville Redenbacher and we'll watch it at home. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, when Avengers five comes out, they'll say, Oh no, we're going to the movie theaters. We're going to, we're going to watch Avengers five. We're going to, you know, sit in the crowd and cheer and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, So I I think it'll eventually end up like that because there's no going back. Like you said, it's, it's Pandora's box. It's been opened. We know that we can, you know, this meeting could have been an email, this scenario, you know, we, we've, we've, there's no going back, you know? And I, I think to be honest, I think, you know, we've seen somewhat of a leap forward of technology and, um, you know, it, like we were talking about the streaming services where you can share the movie with people and you can watch it together at separate houses and react to it and stuff like that. It's never going to replace that human interaction of, of going to a movie and sitting in the audience and, and for those big blockbuster movies. But I could see it definitely affecting, you know, maybe your uh, indie movies or, or your kids' movies where you don't want to go to the theater because it's a big hassle and you're going to have all these kids and and you got to spend like $50 on concessions and $50 on tickets and it's get a, you know, whatever you got to do. I I don't have kids or anything like that. So (laughs) I don't know all that. Uh, you would know more than me. So, um, I think eventually, like I said, I think eventually you're going to find some happy medium about that. Yeah.
0: Well, and that's what it's going to take for sure. So, so let's get to the movie. So wonder woman, 1984, um, I so I've got to tell you my initial my initial response to the movie was the first Wonder Woman movie is so good. I would I would say that the the first Wonder Woman movie in the DC universe I probably enjoy it as much as I enjoy uh, Chris Nolan's Batman movies if I'm being honest. Meaning I was so impressed when I saw the first Wonder Woman movie. And so you know what, my you know expectations what, uh, were very high.
1: Yeah, um, I could I could say the same. I, I don't I don't rank it that high up. Um, I mean the DC universe is kind of hard to rank because they for a while there they were giving us, you know, such, you know, clunkers that, um, it was kind of hard to, you know, like Wonder Woman came out and everybody was like, oh, this is a breath of fresh air because it was really good. And, uh, it made me think it was like, man, if they would have just let, uh, Patty Jenkins, uh, direct and, and write for the dark world. But, um, cause I mean, I don't know what happened with that, but you know, it, you know, she was on that movie and then she went off and made Wonder Woman. Um, and you know, yeah, you know, that's... Yeah, but... That's pretty much... You yeah, know, but, but... And I was excited about Wonder Woman, too, and I was excited to be able to watch it with my mom on Christmas Day, and we ended up watching it the day after, uh, and, um, yeah, I I mean, I had really high and, expectations for this movie. It looked cool. Right. It had, like, that 80s vibe, which, like, it... I mean, I like the 80s stuff. It, it's pretty so, cool,
0: and... It, well, well okay. no, I was just gonna say, so... I, part of me is wondering if maybe I worked the movie up too much
1: See and that's and that's what I thought too because the first time I watched it I was like oh, this is cool but like I I don't know if it's that cool <laughs> and then the second time I watched it I was like I'm gonna go in you know I, I watched it with my mom and dad and my mom really likes Wonder Woman uh, she's her favorite superhero and um, my dad didn't like it. And, uh, I think my mom liked it. Uh, she really liked the, um, I mean, obviously this is a spoiler, you know, we're going to go into the movie. So spoilers ahead. Uh, but she really liked the, uh, Linda Carter, uh, cameo cameo. Yeah. yeah as hysteria, which that's cool. I kind of like what they're setting up for, uh, for, I, I hope that comes into play in the third one. Yeah. Um, Other than that, I mean, uh, if, if I could sum my, my review up into, uh, you know, one sentence, I would basically just say, man, this was like not Wonder Woman, 1980. This was not a Wonder Woman movie. This was a movie about Max Lord and like figuring out that he loves his son and he doesn't have to like do all these things to like impress his son.
0: Yeah. So, so that's, yeah, that's, I think that that's the big thing, um,
1: and that's a good story. That was I like yeah. that portion of the story. Yeah,
0: but 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 to your point, that would that was the big thing. I there there were only really three major scenes in the whole movie where she is Wonder Woman, which kind of surprised me.
1: Yeah, and and I was I was to be honest, I was more interested in the arc of Max Lord specifically, because it's weird. He's not really a bad guy <laughs> in the movie right like right. Uh, he's he's a corrupted person he's trying to figure like, out he's, who he he's is been, yeah he's been corrupted um but like barbara is pretty much the bad guy and or the bad girl in the movie and they never do anything with lady. that
0: side of the story which which shocks me they set it up I I don't know. I guess that that was the thing right there. Okay. So well, first let me let me finish this before we dissect this. Okay. So here's what I have to say. I think it's a fun movie.
1: Yeah, definitely it's a fun, a fun movie. movie.
0: There were things in it that that I really liked as far as visually. Like one of the things that I'll say is the direction. I by far we we have probably one of my my favorite directors on this because. Her ability to capture some of the – like the shot where they're in the plane and the fireworks are going all over the place.
1: Oh, that's so that's cool. One of, that's so yeah, cool. Yeah, that
0: is one of my favorite scenes in any movie. I mean, it, it, it um, really is. So, so. I, I mean, they're, they're, I, I like the movie from the standpoint of this is fun. It's a fun movie to watch. But to your point, I didn't feel like it was a superhero movie in the sense that there's too much going on. It it almost reminds me of uh, how I felt about Justice League in the sense that there's all this stuff going on. You can't make sense of why it matters to the characters or how it really goes together. Then the way that they bring Steve back, there was just, I I really didn't like that. I I didn't like that. Okay, so... But hold on, hold on, hold on. But but so overall, I will say this. I enjoyed the movie as a, what I call a popcorn movie. I enjoyed the movie for, for that. But I was let down because I was expecting more from the movie because the first one was just that good in my opinion. And so I was expecting a whole lot more. So I felt let down from that standpoint, but the way that the internet is just attacking and ripping the movie to shreds, I don't think that that's fair uh, because one of the things that stands out to me is if you go back to the Wonder Woman TV show, it almost reminded me of them doing like a TV show episode of the Wonder Woman story for whatever reason. I don't know why they did that, but that's kind of what it reminded me of.
1: Yeah, and the crazy thing was is I um, while we were waiting for it to you know come on because we were gonna we were gonna watch it at like 11 p or 11 a.m. Um, and then, you know, stuff got in the way, but, uh, the crazy thing was we watched, they put, uh, I don't know if they had it on there and then just promoted it, or they were able to put it on there, uh, the Wonder Woman series with Linda Carter. And, uh, the crazy thing was, is like, I was watching the first episode for like five minutes and I was like, where is Wonder Woman? (laughs) And like, that's kind of what, like, I felt like in this movie. I was like, where is Wonder Woman? Like. I, I have no clue where she's at, but yes, I, I agree. It is a fun movie. Um, I don't, I don't think like, man, I, movie criticism is such a weird thing. Um, where like now it's fun to like just rip movies to shreds. Um, and, and you know, it's, it's ruined all of our childhoods for some reason and, and all this stuff anyway. Um, yeah, I, I mean, like I said, I, 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 I think that we'll provide critiques for the movie uh, and criticism of the movie. But at the end of the day, I think we both think like, hey, this is a fun movie. Um, I didn't feel like I wasted my time watching this movie.
0: Absolutely. Um, absolutely. I just and think- that's, the, that's what I think is, is kind of I, I don't understand about the Internet. I literally read a comment today and somebody said that was a waste of time. And I'm like, hold on. Now, I have watched movies that are a waste of my time. And, and that yeah. was just a fun, like, it kind of worked, especially being on Christmas day. But anyway, go ahead.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean, that, that's pretty much, like, my overall, like, feelings on the movie. But if you want to get into, like, some actual details, I mean, we can talk about, like, the story. And um, my main huge criticism of the movie is the steve thing i think you mentioned a little bit about the steve the steve thing made no sense like i mean it it's cool that they brought him back like that that part makes sense like the wish the dreamstone and all that stuff but like man the, when when max lord becomes the dreamstone and he starts granting these wishes like fantastical things start happening like the 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 guy the king of crude from Oil Economics Weekly or whatever, uh, that magazine, uh, he was like, I want my land back, and and Max Lord was like, and you shall have it, and then all of a sudden like a wall just pops up out of nowhere, and then like he's able to like physically transform, uh, Barbara into like this, I mean, into the cheetah, um, so like she makes this wish, and like this dude comes back with like Steve's I don't know if it's like his consciousness or or whatever but like he doesn't look like him and you're like okay he doesn't look like him all right cool I mean they were tricking us in the trailer like you know that happens and then they do this swirl around and then it is Chris Pine because you got to have Chris Pine in the movie but like And they try to like kind of explain it off where it's like, oh, well, I only like I see or this guy may be nice, but I only see you like and it, it, I don't know. It's kind of weird. Like it it just seems like the one thing that's not like fantastical is like they brought back, you know, Chris Pine. But, you know, they also had this other actor that was like playing him and he was in this guy's body. So and like. So so I, I what what happened to this guy? Yeah. No,
0: but but I think that that is explained when they get the book and they're talking about the the way that the the Mayan god would trick people as far as well, yeah. as far as it's not really giving you what you want. But to your point, I think that Diana she lost two things. She didn't really get Steve back and she starts losing her power. <laughs> so it's like it's like well, double win. Well, that's
1: the, the- that's the thing. That's the thing about the movie is it's it's supposed to give you exactly what you want, but take something from you. And the only person that didn't get what she wanted was Diana. She didn't really get Steve back. Yeah,
0: yeah, that like, is a problem. And
1: that and I think I, I think that's sort of what takes away the emotional stakes when she actually like recants her wish. Is like because I man. I, when I, I knew she was going to have to, like, renounce her wish as soon as they said, you know, you have to renounce your wish. And and that was the big crux of, like, Barbara. She had gone, like, unnoticed, and she wasn't liked, and, and she was this kind person. And then she got, like, all, you know, she basically became Diana. and But she didn't uh, become you know, she Diana was, because she, she didn't have...
0: Love. She did not have the personality, the caring, and the loving personality that Diana has. So...
1: Well, and, and that's the thing is like she did, but she had, that's what was taken from her. Yeah. Yeah. Was that, that, that humanity. And, um, and, and so that, that's the, that's the crazy thing is like everybody else got what they wanted in like this fantastical way where like the president was like, we need more nukes. And then he was like, and you shall have them. And all of a sudden like a thousand nukes appeared out of nowhere. But I don't know the Steve, the Steve storyline was cool, but, like, it wasn't really Steve. And so, like, I don't know. I think that I, – I, and that could be just, like, me overthinking it. But at the same time, for me, it took away the emotional weight of her actually giving up Steve. No, no, and that's because fair it,
0: because and, – and, and the reason why I say that it's fair is because if you go back to the first movie, the first movie was very emotional. I mean, it, it was very – it was on a different level. That's what I didn't understand. Okay, yeah, yeah. I I, I can't put it into yeah. words, but but I think I think we're I think we're in the same wavelength here.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. And it doesn't it doesn't have that same mo- you know, emotion as the first movie. Just like, you know, it's it's almost very similar to the ending of uh, Captain America: The First Avenger, when he realizes he like has to sacrifice himself, and they have that conversation over the radio. Um, And then, you know, even at the end, I mean, I think uh, Tony Stark dying was sad, but like the, the final line of captain America, the first Avenger is just heart wrenching when like, uh, he's running out into like modern day New York. And, uh, Nick Fury was like, are you all right, captain? And he goes, yeah, I, I just had a date. Like, and he realizes that like, he's not getting that back. like, yeah, you know, yeah, and and this had, I mean, the actually, I will tell you what had more emotional weight, and it's crazy. And this is why I say it's a Max Lord movie, not a Wonder Woman movie, is because the emotional weight of him realizing and seeing his son like stranded out, like you know, in basically what was becoming like a dystopian world, and he sees him because of her lasso of truth, he can actually see him. And he's like, my son. I have to save my son. And he hears his son calling out for him. And that's what like gets him to basically renounce his wish. I mean, that was more emotional to me than Wonder Woman renouncing her wish so she can get her powers back and like save the day.
0: Right, right. I I agree. And and not only not only to that point, but this. The story, the screen time, everything was more on him. That's that's what I'm talking about. I mean, yeah, yeah, exactly. Everything was, and and they might have done that on purpose. Yeah, I mean, because, like I said, you only see her in action as Wonder Woman like three, maybe four scenes in the entire movie, which really was surprising to me. I mean, it all it almost reminds me of, and I hate to use this as the as the example, but it almost reminds me of when. George Clooney played Batman, and they had to rewrite the script to give him more face time outside of the mask. Oh yeah, and
1: well, it, well and that's and that's the crazy thing is like Wonder Woman just doesn't have a mask, so like yeah,
0: like, it's it's like okay, uh, all right, but 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 I, I think that that's the thing, the buildup. I, I think that if you would have had this movie first and then. The first Wonder Woman, I almost think it would have worked better.
1: Yeah, but then I mean, you would have—I don't, I don't even know how you would have. Worked well, no,
0: there. I yeah, you would have but, had. A, I mean, you would have had to totally rewrite the, the, story. the story. But uh, but it was. But and um, people are saying that it was cheesy. But again that was the 80s i felt like they did it, that on purpose in fact if you even look yeah, the, the there's a scene look is like to the to the film there is a look that's almost like an 80s like grain that they put over like overlay if you look at the at the picture
1: oh yeah and and the mall scene is just straight up like get your get your uh, corn chips out cuz this is straight up cheese you know, I, I mean, it's, it's insanely cheesy, but it's cool. Like I like it. Like the whole eighties uh, opening, I had no problems with, I would, I would have loved if the movie was like that for two and a half hours. Yeah. Yeah. But, but well, and that's what, <laughs> here's uh, my
0: question too, is I read an article that said that, that they cut like 20 minutes out of the movie. Like they recut it for oh, its release. Yeah. I and mean so my I, question is, is I could see is, that is, is that what's missing? Is that 20 it may
1: minutes? Maybe we, we may have a Batman v Superman situation on our hands. Uh, you know, where, hey, I, I liked Batman v Superman, but at the same time, that extra 30 minutes just elevated it so much oh, yeah. that it, it was absolutely insane. But, uh, and, and they should have, like, that. that's DC's problem right there, is they're always, like, cutting stuff off, like, at the hip. Yeah. You know, and, and you're like, okay, well, you know, the director. Uh, um, you know, they had this vision and then it's like, okay, well, no, we want to cut out 30 minutes of it. (laughs) exactly. and, 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 and that happens everywhere, but you know, I'll tell you, it just seems to hurt the DC universe. Exactly.
0: Well, I'll tell you, um, 1990 best picture winner, best director, Kevin Costner dances with wolves, right? So, so dances with wolves. You've seen it, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So I have never seen the extended edition at and oh, really? I knew it was four hours long. I mean, the original running time of the first, uh, I mean, the, the, the original cut was like three hours or maybe even a little bit longer. But anyway, I'd never seen this. So I started watching it the other day uh, and I watched the first two hours. I still have two hours left of it. But I will tell you this, the the scenes that I have noticed that are in the movie so far, they're definitely not needed to tell the story. They're not which right. is probably why they weren't in the theatrical release, right? However, they are they're like so much uh what what is what is it that I'm looking for? It's like um I'll tell you what it's like. It's like it's like ha- having a cheesecake and somebody hands you a bottle of the caramel to pour on top of it. Yeah. that's what it reminds me of the, the extra scenes make the movie better because it flows better there's things that you understand like one of the things that I never understood was like he just he ends up out here in this this base that's been like deserted but you don't have any anything and it was only like a, a little you know three minute scene of where you see the soldiers that were there climbing out of the caves and basically leaving but it gave you some context. Yeah,
1: and that's and that's the thing is like, man, like, it's cool to have a movie like, uh, you know, where there's an extended edition that provides additional context. But man, they just like, I mean, they, it's not even context that they're providing on the. I mean, they're providing more story that like is needed in these movies, in these in these DC movies. Yeah, and they're, pu- and they're pulling it, it out. You know, it's like that that should not be that should be the movie that should have been the theatrical release not you know this shouldn't be the ultimate edition or the extended right of, well what what know? I
0: predict is is I think that if the Justice League reissue that's coming out if it if it yeah. becomes the great movie that we believe it could be I think that there there might be some deals that Warner Brother works to continue down that yeah. line which and, and we might actually see a Justice League three, which I don't think would be a bad thing. Uh, I, I just think no. you have to have the right and, story. But uh, so I think I think we both agree that that Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four it has its issues, but it's it's a it's still a fun movie. It's just not gonna it's just not yeah. gonna go down in comic book history as being like that one that okay I watch I watch one comic book movie every year again and again and again. It's probably not gonna be that one.
1: Yeah, it's not it's not gonna be. You know, there's better chance of Wonder Woman than Wonder Woman 1984. Right. But uh, But yeah, I, man, I'm trying to think of like, just you know, a few things that I did want to say about it. Um, man, I don't know if this was just my TV or or what, but because I watched it on two different TVs, but man, I, I had to like turn it up and turn it down and turn it up and turn it down and turn it up. Like, I, the dialogue was so uh just very you know, very light, you know, I had to, I had to turn it up to, you know, 30 to hear the volume and then turn it all the way down to 20 when the music started playing. Yeah. Um, uh, this
0: is, this is one of the things and I've talked to you about it before. This is my biggest gripe about streaming. And I would say that when the disc is released, I think the disc is probably going to have a better soundtrack is, Oh yeah. A hundred percent. Streaming soundtracks, are notorious or at least in my experience and and i have a very high quality sound system that i'm running this stuff through but streaming just and i do the test back and forth i did a test on Tenet uh today actually and streaming just is is a nightmare when it comes to sound. And and I've wondered before, I'm like, is am I am I just not hearing what everybody else is hearing? Because everybody loves streaming so much. And what you just said is what I hear a lot of people say. We're like, no, you turn it up, you turn it down, you do this, you do that. And I'm like, okay, that's I have a problem with that. If you can't just yeah, put no, the, I, I the movie on a volume and not touch it, then we've got a problem. And and the other thing too is with those effects to your point. I mean, I, I, I pulled out my decibel meter on my phone several times to make sure that I wasn't going over like 90 decibels because, uh, I, I mean, I don't want permanent hearing loss when I'm trying to watch a movie. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, and, and the crazy thing is like, I, I always go back to this example is when I, um, I bought Spider Man into the Spider Verse on, um, I did one of those back when Voodoo was doing that thing where you could, uh, You could buy the digital copy and the, you know, the physical media and they would just send you, you you would have instant access to the digital copy and they would send you the physical copy in the mail. And I was, uh, you know, I was waiting for it and I watched it for the first time with my dad and man, like, you know, you had to turn it up and you had to turn it down and you had to, you know, when anybody was talking and music was going on, it was completely unintelligible. So I had the volume up at like a hundred. And so I get the disc and I pop it in. I'm like, okay, turn it all the way up. And I almost like blew out my speakers. And I ended up only having to have it like on, you know, 10 or 15 volume. Uh, but I could hear everything. The audio was just mixed way better. And that's something that, you know, streaming is going to have to overcome. But um, the the part that is, the, the thing that made the viewing experience like unenjoyable was, like, the two big monologues that, that Wonder Woman gives um, are, like, at the White House and at that satellite, uh, particle satellite thing. Um, and incidentally, like, one thing that I thought was really funny was, like, both of her major dialogues have, are given, like, while she's, like, sitting in a corner. And, um, yeah, and so... Um, but, like, there's music going at the same time, And it's, it's very unintelligible. It was hard to hear what she was saying. And like both of the monologues, the second monologue at the particle thing was pretty good. And I thought that was like a little clever twist where like she was talking and and she was saying like, you can be the hero, like renounce your wish and all that stuff. And he's like, no, like I, I, why would I ever do that? Like when there's more to be had. And she was like, I wasn't talking to you. And it's revealed that she did have like the lasso of truth around him. And it was, like, projecting to the whole world, which um, that may be the part when it was cut out because, like, I don't know how she got the lasso of truth around him because she was struggling so hard to do it, you know, the last time. But, um, yeah, it, it just seemed like, man, it, there's just some weird stuff about the movie. But, like, at the end of the day, it is a fun movie. So I'm not, I'm not going to complain too much about it.
0: Yeah. So... You know, and I know we're gonna we're gonna run over our time a bit, but um, so the other movie that I happened to uh, rewatch was uh, Tenant, and uh, so I will say that Chris Nolan gets a lot of uh, a lot of people are upset about his sound mixes because they are so loud, and sometimes the, the dialogue is not always clear, and I know Tenant had that problem. In its uh, theatrical and IMAX and large screen or whatever, all this different stuff they have now is, um, but uh, I, I will tell you that it was a lot easier to hear the dialogue on the uh, 4K disc. So, so that's something. Oh, but yeah. I will say this too, though I had to I had to turn it down a little bit and then turn it up a few times because. I mean, and I checked on my decibel meter. There was several like times where, with the music and the sound, all of a sudden I'm hitting like ninety-four decibels and stuff. And I'm like, man, I've only got my my uh, processor turned at like fifty percent, and it's like throwing <laughs> that kind of stuff out there. Yeah, it's like,
1: <laughs> yeah, and and I've I've heard a lot of complaints about you know the the movie that Tenant specifically about the the sound mixing and stuff like that. And I've heard some like you know, I'm a Chris Nolan fan, but I've heard some like Chris Nolan apologists and this may be absolutely true. They were like he was mixing for what it would sound like if you were there. Like one of the notorious examples for me of like how the um like a point where I just well, could I'm pretty not sure hear if I was there saying. there wouldn't
0: be a full orchestra but, in the background playing.
1: Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but one of the examples that I um that I remember used just not being able to hear what they said was when they were doing that that sailing when they were out sailing on the water Mm -hmm. and uh, I could just not understand a single word that they said. And, um, and you know, people were saying, Oh, that's, that's how, what it would sound like if you were really out there. And it's like, yeah, I, I get that. But at the same time, trying to watch a movie. It's a movie. (laughs) It's a movie. (laughs) It's a movie. Yeah. I know that like, I, I mean, if if you took it to that extent, well, I guess like the movie just doesn't make sense because time
0: travel is right, right, right. So <laughs>
1: like, yeah, it's like it's I crazy. mean, we what? if we took it if we took that to its logical conclusion, that every movie should just be exactly how it is if you were really there. Well, like stop, you know, catching bullets with your gun because that doesn't exist. Yeah.
0: So, <laughs> so there are so so recently, uh, probably because of the the disc release. A lot of the forums have had a lot of people talking about Tenet and how much they hate it and they don't think it's a good movie and blah, 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 blah. It's hard to understand and they just go on and on and on and on and on about that. And um, so I watched the first time I watched it, I enjoyed the movie and I would agree to an extent that it was hard to understand because I kept thinking about it later and later and later. Um, I will say this after having the second viewing. Number one, I enjoyed the second viewing so much more because instead of trying to figure out the movie, I just watched the movie.
1: Yeah, and, and that was the thing is I did I did enjoy the, my second viewing, which was with you when we did the private watch party. Um, that was my second viewing of Tenet, and it was a much more enjoyable movie Yeah, because I understood everything and I was able to see things that were going on.
0: It, it, and I picked, um, I picked yeah, up on I, so much that I did not pick up the first time, and and I'll tell you, I think it's one of those movies that you do. And I remember Chris Nolan saying this before it was released. He said it's a movie that you have to watch two or three times.
1: Yeah, and, and that's the thing too is like, and one thing I wanted to speak to like the sound mixing, you know, quality and stuff like that, is like that really was like um, the only scene that I had trouble hearing what was going on. And, like, I don't mean to be, like, ableist or anything, but, like, I'm basically deaf. <laughs> like, I mean, I, I really have a hard time hearing stuff. Like, I have to have my volume, like, all the way up, like, you know, like, because I, I just, you know, my, my parents are worried about me because, like, you know, I have the volume up on everything. And, um, you know, I could hear everything except for the the water scene, which may have been intentional. I don't know. Well, but on like, on the disc, I, I mean, it, I you just
0: hear the water scene. So, just to let you know.
1: Oh, Okay. Well, I have to watch it with the disc because I did watch it again, but you know, I was just I had it on in the background, so I didn't feel like getting the disc down from my shelf and all that stuff. So I just put it on, um, you know, in the background on the stream. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, no I, I I don't think the I don't think the sound quality issue is like that big of a deal in that movie, as people are making it out to be. Um, the same really, in my opinion, cannot be said of wonder woman like, um, and, and that may just be that I watched it in a streaming format. Um, we'll see when the, when the 4k disc or the blu-ray comes out or, you know, I I wonder if people that are watching it in the theater are having the same complaints or not. Um, so, I mean, time will tell on that one. Yeah, for
0: sure. But yeah, for sure. Uh, another thing, too, on the second viewing of Tenet that I picked up on is I do understand why it's like a James Bond-type story now. On, oh, yeah. on the, my first viewing, I was like, what are the what? What was Chris Nolan talking about? What, what are the fans talking about? Because you know that I'm a long-term James Bond fan. But when I watched it this time again, when I just watched the movie and I wasn't just trying to figure everything out, it plays like a James Bond movie and I totally saw it. Oh yeah. I totally saw it this time.
1: hundred percent. And that, and that was the thing is like, I, when I went into the movie, like I didn't, uh, this is the first like Christopher Nolan movie I've like watched in the theater. And I don't know, I, I guess I don't really, I'm, uh, I don't want to like brag or, or I don't, I don't, I don't think I'm like more special or smarter than anybody, but like, I don't have a, I didn't have a hard time like understanding movies like inception or like the matrix or or stuff like that. Like, I don't know. I just like, you know, it seems pretty straightforward. Um, but at the same time, like I, but I don't, I also don't go into these movies like now, the Christopher Nolan movie. It's like, well, ever since we saw inception or like memento or something like that, it's like, Oh, we got to go in with our analytical brain on and like try to pick out everything that's going on. It's going to be crazy. You know, uh, like it's going to take it's going to take me forever to figure out what's going on. And so like what what ended up happening <laughs> with this movie was like, I think I told you it was like, oh, this movie is like, you know, a sandwich and a half. Like, I, I got to chew on this a little bit, um, you know, I and and I could see sort of like the Bond, you know, likenesses when I first watched it, because I think the first time I watched it, I was watching it, you know, as a movie. And then I got thrown for a loop when they started like doing all kinds of inversion stuff. And then I was like, Oh, okay, now I really got to figure this out. And so the second time watching it, you know, I watched it more analytically, but like I kind of got what was going on already. So I don't know. I, I just, um, I think it's very interesting. Like, um, you know, how people view Nolan movies. Um, but at the same time, like yeah, they are very complicated and and they talk about very like weird like quantum mechanical type stuff. Yeah, <laughs> like the past three of them that what, he's done. What? And so like I under I understand why you know some people would you know look at it that way, but I think one if you if you go into a movie like putting on your analytical brain, like going into your first viewing, I think um, what ends up happening is like your your suspension of disbelief kind of like diminishes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so it kind of like not that you're like taken out of the movie but at the same time you're I think like a lot of people are too busy trying to figure out what's going on yeah um, well
0: I think that in my opinion I think that what's happened is as Christopher Nolan has become a director kind of like Wes Anderson and and what I mean by that is Wes Anderson has a very unique following of people that understand his comedy, they understand what he's oh, yeah. doing with his films, and I almost think that Chris Nolan has made that transition to where now he's going to have a unique following. But I think he had it early on with films like Memento, but then it kind he kind of became like this like just everyday director in the sense of when he got the Batman franchises, but. Now when you take back and you go and you look at movies like The Prestige or you look at Inception or now you look at Tenet, I think that he's kind of come into his own and he's like his own level of the Wes Anderson type director. And so I think that you're going to have this niche following that he has where it's it, he's not going to be the director for everybody, kind of like Wes Anderson is not the director for everybody.
1: Yeah, he's more of a, uh, I don't like to use this word like flippantly, but he's basically like more of like an auteur type director uh, where he has a very distinct style. Like Wes Anderson has a very distinct style and like not everybody's going to watch it. I think Christopher Nolan is a little bit more accessible to everybody just because like his style is within like the real world and it's not like very, it's not like Wes Anderson where everything's like symmetrical and like pastel and like all that stuff. But yeah. Um, the thing about what uh, at you know the thing about uh Christopher Nolan is like um he had three <laughs> very successful mainstream movies it, it would be like if Wes Anderson all of a sudden just decided to direct, direct like the next Captain America movie and like just played it up like a regular Captain America movie and um So so Christopher Nolan does these three Batman movies and everybody's like oh cool it's Christopher Nolan I love Christopher Nolan and then like Inception comes out and they're like what (laughs) like um, and then and then you go back and you like you could see it coming with like Prestige and uh, Memento and even like Insomnia and um, you know you could see all these movies you know this is like the true Christopher Nolan and then like um, he makes these three Batman movies. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, now I'm going back to like uh, weird, uh, like sciency, like, uh, you know, weird, you know, mind bending stuff that um, people, I don't think we're absolutely like ready for. It's kind of like, um, I guess if I could, you know, compare it, you know, use your comparison to Wes Anderson. It's kind of like when um, Wes Anderson did Fantastic Mr. Fox. Mm-hmm. Because that was a pretty accessible movie to people. But, like, I don't think people, when watching Fantastic Mr. Fox, turned around and said, Oh, le- you know, let me watch, you know, uh, Royal Tenabombs or Darjeeling Limited or Grand Budapest Hotel. And we're like, Oh, this is way different. You know, uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox is no different from you know, Isle of Dogs or, you know, Grand Budapest Hotel in style. Right. Now, medium, you know, stop motion animation, that's the only difference. It's a Wes Anderson movie through and through. Whereas, like, Christopher Nolan, his his directing style is in there. But, it, you know, it's a Batman movie. It's a detective movie. It's not like, you know, it's not Batman is like, I'm about to, like, destroy the fabric of space and time and the Joker's like, or the joker's like i'm going to destroy you know the fabric of space and time and batman's going to be like oh i got to hover around like this quantum like <laughs> wormhole to stop the joker <laughs> like you know it's just a straight up batman movie and then like inception comes out and then interstellar comes out and then now tenet comes out and everybody's like wait this isn't the wes anderson or this isn't the christopher nolan that i i know and love Where's, where's Batman?
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. One of the things I picked up at the end of Tenet is that we're only seeing half of the story. Oh, yeah. A- and I didn't yeah. pick that up the first viewing. So I really hope that uh, Chris Nolan takes the time to give us a second uh, act in, in the Tenant universe. Um, and
1: yeah, because essentially it's implied that Robert Pattinson met Denzel or uh, John David Washington when he was older and I just kind of gave away what I wanted um I want I, I want him to meet you know John David the protagonist as an older like Denzel Washington playing him
0: oh like, man that man <laughs> oh that would oh that would be so good man
1: it's perfect like their See, vo- their vocal register is exactly the same yeah like, I mean, well and the thing is, and son is is
0: Denzel Washington to me is like Adam Driver is to you. You know. You well, know. Yeah. I love Denzel <laughs> yeah. Washington. He is my favorite actor. I mean, he, he just I'll, is.
1: Yeah, and I'll watch
0: anything with Denzel I know. Like, I, I know. Mean, it, it could yeah. be it could be Denzel like just reading the newspaper and I'd be all in, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I just he is I I mean, I still remember the very first Denzel Washington movie that I that I saw. Um, and it was actually Glory, and I believe that oh, I believe man. that Great came movie. out in nineteen eighty nine as well. That or, was a, or, such a good movie. No, uh, Dances Wolves was nineteen ninety 1990 or 1991. Anyway,
1: um, Glory. Glory was eighty uh, nine. I thought it was early. I thought Glory was early. No, it was 90s. like
0: eighty nine.
1: Yep, eighty nine. You're yep. right.
0: I I lived this stuff, Dennis. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, but <laughs> yeah, I was still uh I was still uh, a few years old. Yeah, alive.
0: yeah, but uh but I remember and and you know, I was I was a kid watching Glory. Um but I remember watching Denzel in, you know, the famous scenes that he was in. In fact he won uh he won Best Supporting Actor that year, I believe, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yeah, that's that's crazy. Uh, and that movie is so good. Yeah,
0: but but I remember watching him and I was just captivated. And and then to continue to see like more films come out and I just, man, and and I I said it today again when I was watching uh, Tenet is I love that John David has made this transition to film and and Hollywood is really giving him some good, good scripts, or his manager is going after the the, the right oh, yeah. scripts. I don't know how it's all working out, but
1: yeah, because Black Klansman was insane. Like that was that was such a good movie. It had Adam um, Driver
0: in it, so so I know no, you would yeah, like it. Yeah. You know, but and, yeah, and uh, <laughs> no, but but yeah, I mean, but he is, he is, and he is such a good actor as well. I mean, I, now oh, I will yeah, say this: great. I was watching I watching Tenet. And even though, you know, Idris Elba is my, who I hope that becomes the next James Bond, dude, I could so see John David playing a role like that as well.
1: Oh, yeah. And, I mean, he almost, I mean, he basically played one for you. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, um, no, and, and but that makes sense why you would, you know, say, hey, this is, you know. He was
0: great. He, He was just, he was just that good. Um but yeah, Tenet. Yeah, and he has Tenet the, better win some some awards. It better win best visu, visual effects for sure. If it does not, then I don't. I, don't I know. mean,
1: it's got to win something because <laughs> like on. what what's up to competing? What's what's competing against? I,
0: it? I think it's gonna get best picture.
1: Yeah, um, there was another movie that I thought. Um, I mean,
0: because right now, what I mean, what's it competing against? Angry Birds Two. I mean, I don't know.
1: Yeah. Um, I think well, I don't know. Oh no, Angry uh, Birds was was last year, wasn't it? No. Yeah, yeah. But there's this one uh, film that's I don't know if it's out or it's it's coming out like next year within like the Oscar, you know, uh, timeframe called Minari. I think it's called Minari. Uh, It's about like a a Korean family that moves to uh, Arkansas, Mm -hmm. basically like seeking a better life in America and stuff like that. And I, I. I don't know if it's out. I'm, I'm actually gonna look up and see if it's out. But like, wh- you should watch the trailer because it looks really. I'll good. check
0: it out. Uh, and
1: uh, go ahead. And there was eventually uh, there there was recently like some a controversy about it with the um, it might have been the the Golden Globes or, or some kind of like um uh, like award show where like, basically you know how like Parasite won Best Picture. Um, you know they they basically I, I think it was the Golden Globes or, or whatever they're they're basically like relegating it only to best like foreign film or something like that mm. even though and, and the reason they gave was because it was like primarily in Korean um, but like it takes place in America so like I I don't know I don't I mean I think there's something a little bit fishy about it but at the same time I haven't seen the movie so I can't speak for the quality but the trailer looked insanely good. Um. Well, yeah. You, you, you'll have to. Yeah. Check I'll it check
0: out. it out. So I, I. So I saw two trailers tonight on iTunes. Um. Uh, that I got really excited about. One was Jennifer Hudson is playing Aretha Franklin. And oh, really? And it looks good. It looks good. In fact, it, I watched the trailer, and the words that came out of my mouth were, I, I see another Academy Award in her future."
1: Yeah, I have to, uh, uh, Yeah,
0: so so you check that out, and then the other one.
1: Okay, the is the the movie called Respect. Yeah, that the...
0: yeah, okay, and it looks it looks fantastic. I can't wait. The cast, it, I mean, it has an all star cast. I can't wait to see it. Um, yeah, I'm
1: looking to see uh oh wow, like Forest Whitaker, yeah, Marlon yeah. Wayans. I mean, it's Mark Maron. It's
0: it's it's oh, gonna yeah. be good. Um, and then the other film that I saw the trailer for, which again, this looks like just a fun movie, but, uh, it's called a nobody. And it's about, it's, a, it's about a retired hitman who decided to raise a family. And then somehow somebody finds out that he's still alive. And so like the mob or somebody is coming after him and his family has no idea.
1: Uh, is that the Bob Oden curve? Yes. One? Uh, okay, I I I remember seeing a little bit about it. It looked pretty fun. I watched the trailer
0: like, for that too, and those, the uh, I mean, both of those, I was like, oh man, I, I got I got pretty excited.
1: Yeah, this is the um, this is the uh, the sequel to uh, John. Wick.
0: <laughs> I know that's the big joke. I mean, because it's it's almost <laughs> like they 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 took and instead of making John Wick a, a, a an action drama. They made him like John Wick the comedy or something. (laughs) So, uh, so I'm excited about that. But, uh, but anyway, yeah, I, I, I mean, 2021. You know, movies, movies are coming back, man. Maybe, maybe this. Yeah, they're back. Maybe this podcast is 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 in for great things. (laughs) 2021.
1: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I'm excited for it. (laughs) So.
0: Yeah. Well, we'll keep. uh, We're
1: we're definitely going to try to keep up the schedule of coming out you know, every week going forward. But uh, again, just bear with us if we, if we don't keep to that schedule, but we are going to try. So, uh, and we definitely appreciate, you know, everybody listening. I don't know. uh, I mean, if, if Brandon, do you have anything else to say or before we wrap it up? No, we
0: went kind of long tonight, but, um, but you got to give the fans what they want. The fans want more extreme close up. Yeah.
1: Just a little bit over an hour. I mean, Extreme is in the title of our our podcast, so, you know, we got to make it happen.
0: Maybe this one should have been called Close Up Plus 10 Minutes.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's extreme, extreme close up. There you go. All right. Well, um, if you don't have anything else, I don't have anything else, you know, like us on our Facebook page. Um, We try to post, even though we haven't posted in a long time, but we'll try to post again. Um, And... um, you know, if you have any ideas for anything we should review, I think we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be watching Soul pretty soon, and, and we'll have a review for that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it looks. I, I watched the trailer again tonight, and it looks really interesting. Yeah. and it looks like it's gonna be a really good one. We we've got to get back um, to
0: our in-depth reviews, kind of like what we did when when we were reviewing movies like Jojo Rabbit, and we reviewed Peanut Butter Falcon. Maybe maybe, maybe yeah. Soul can be um, back to the classic review format.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cause those are some of my favorite episodes too. Uh, talking about, you know,
0: I like doing movie
1: news and stuff like that, but like really talking about movies is, is fu- I guess funner to me, you know, more fun, funner, whatever. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I think that'll wrap it up for this week. Um, you know, want to thank everybody for listening and you'll hear from us next week. Goodbye, everybody.